You're listening to episode 24 of Weight Coach with Joanne Philomena from Joanne the Life Coach. This is permanent weight loss through overcoming the urge to overeat. Once that urge is gone, you will quite naturally feed yourself exactly what your body needs and your body will return to its best weight. Hi friends, welcome back. I want to take a second to let you know about something new. Um, I offer this podcast for free. However, it's not free to produce and host a podcast. You can help support the podcast if you shop at Amazon.com and you go there through my affiliate link. Your purchase will not cost you a penny more, but Amazon will give a few pennies to the podcast each for each item you purchase. So if you go to my website at jointhelifecoach.com and look at the top menu for shop at Amazon, it's a link up on the menu with the homepage and the blog link and all that stuff. Then when you go from that link to Amazon, reset your bookmark for Amazon. So that every time you shop and you hit that bookmark or your favorite to go to Amazon.com, you'll be helping support the podcast and keep these free episodes coming. I also have something else in the works I'm checking out, trying on me first, of course, on your test lab. If it is as perfect as I suspect it is, and I'm pretty sure this is amazing, I'll be sharing it with all of you. This podcast does not have an official sponsor like so many other podcasts out there because I absolutely will not advertise protein shakes, eating plans, diet programs, diet foods, pills. I've had companies reach out to me to sponsor, but there will not be anything recommended on this podcast that I don't use myself or books that I read and love I'll share with you things that I swear by. So it's with that in mind, I do believe a sponsor has reached out to me that made the light bulb come on. And I'm trying it out to see exactly what the quality is. And then I will share, good or bad. I'll be letting you all know. For today's episode, I want to focus in on desire. Now, I've written blogs about desire and about the urges to eat. And I've podcasted about desire and about addiction and about retraining your brain. But I've just spent a lot of time learning advanced techniques out in California and discussing desire with one of my mentors. She's my coach from the school where I received my professional certification. All this new information is going to be in the second set of videos added to my online course, The Weight Loss Mastermind. The Mastermind has four master videos and worksheets that you're required to complete in that first month after you join the Mastermind when you register for it. Then we will begin progressing each month thereafter, and I'll have two coaching conference calls with everyone in the Mastermind each month after those first lessons. Today I want to share some of the information that I'm really excited about coaching and teaching in the Mastermind. That urge to overeat or snack can feel so overwhelming or out of control 
and it's all about your desire. I want to talk about where that desire comes from. As a society, we celebrate a lot with food. When you go to a restaurant, rarely, rarely in a restaurant do we lock down and just feed ourselves as we would if we prepared the food at home to sustain us. Instead, it's like it's an excuse to explore and dine and you probably end up overeating because it's so good and you desire to keep eating it. When you watch TV, you're going to see commercials for chips, cookies, fried chicken. The question is why? What is it about food that we've come to embrace it in our society and enjoy it so much as individuals? We've grown up with the idea that celebrating everything with eating is something that we do. As young kids, really young kids, we go to parties, we have ice cream and cake. Now they even have candy sidebars set up. It's like it's part of the deal. The question we have to ask is why do we desire it? One of the things that we want to address is desire in and of itself. Now, this is really worth paying attention to, even though it may feel like a review to you if you've listened to all my podcasts, read all my blogs, because I have talked about desire and urges and feeling like you have a food addiction. But this is really focusing in now. What is desire? Thinking about what desire is, is really important when it comes to thinking about the things that you desire and if they're serving you. Desire is something we learn. Now this is interesting because I used to think about desire as something that was innate. I would desire to snack on something in the evening and it would be an urge that just almost felt that did feel out of control overwhelming when i talk with clients about their desire for food they feel like it's not a choice that desire isn't a choice that desire is something we either have or we don't have we either desire to eat or we don't desire to eat we either desire to have sex with our husband or we don't desire it nothing we can do about it we either want to have peaches or we don't desire to have peaches we think it's innate and something we don't have control over the reason we believe that is because desire is one of those unconscious programmed things that we seem to do involuntarily it's because of the way our brain works when we learn something and we repeat it over and over again, the brain recognizes that it's a pattern and it takes it out of the prefrontal cortex where it takes a lot of energy and thought to plan things. That's up in that front part of your brain and it puts it back into the midbrain so that the lower brain, it can just become automatic. If you think about any habit that you have in your life, anything that you repeat regularly, it's not something that you have to consciously think about. Picking up a glass, brushing your teeth, driving your car, it's all very learned. In the beginning, it took a lot of energy to learn it, right? When you first learned how to drive your car when you were 16 years old, 15 and a half, where, wherever it is now you get your learner's permit, you have to think about every single action in the car. 
it takes a lot of energy to focus on what the heck you're doing and learn how to drive without running up over the curb or rear-ending somebody. Once you've done it enough, your prefrontal cortex, the human part of our brain, can start assigning those actions down to the more animal part of our brain. It's your lower brain where it's all instinct and habit lives. Eventually, you drive well enough so automatic that you barely even think about it. I used to commute a long way on the freeways in California to work. In California, everything's quite spread out, and my drive to work was about 40 minutes. And some mornings, I would just have that stunning realization like, oh my God, I just drove for about 20 minutes of this freeway drive, and I don't even remember driving it because it was all so automatic. Desire is the same thing. Desire is something we learn and repeat. It's like learning to drive a car, learning to speak a new language. You practice it over and over again, and then it becomes second nature. It's the same with desire. It's how you want something. You desire it enough times, and you get rewarded enough times for desiring it, and it becomes a natural habit that's going on down in your lower involuntary brain. When you see food, you feel that desire, and it feels like it's coming from something unconscious. It's like something that has power over you. You've hit a certain time of day that that urge just comes, and it feels overwhelming to try and resist. It feels involuntary. It's like something that's controlling you. It's because it's programmed in your lower brain. Now, it can be scary for someone like you and me who we feel like this involuntary conscious type of craving is out of control. It's scary because we don't understand where it comes from. We're like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, am I addicted to food? Where does this come from? Why do I feel so out of control? Why did I eat so much more than I intended to eat? Why did I snack when I told myself I would not snack tonight? It seems like something has taken over you. When you understand that nothing is taking over you, the only thing that's happened is that you've programmed your brain unconsciously to desire the food automatically. You've trained your brain to desire it. So you're feeling the desire that you've trained your brain to do. Our prefrontal cortex is the part of our brain that makes us be human beings. Humans are the only place on the planet where that prefrontal cortex exists. Animals do not have it. Okay, the prefrontal cortex is where we can make a decision ahead of time. We can plan things out in our prefrontal cortex. The lower brain is where we can train habit into it's all of that subconscious stuff that goes on. And if you've created that desire in your lower brain, you've created it with your prefrontal cortex. Does it mean something's wrong with us that we want to overeat so strongly? How come naturally thin people don't deal with that? 
I'll tell you why. It's because we are so good at our prefrontal cortex. We are like master programmers. You know, these coders that spend all their time typing code into computers to create programs, to create the apps that are on your cell phone. We're like master coders. That's like our prefrontal cortex where we're putting all that code in to create the apps that we're going to run down in our lower brain. So we don't have to spend all that energy repeating the same task over and over and over. If we create an app for it in our lower brain, then it just takes over, right? The good news is if you have created this desire to eat at a certain time of day, this desire to overeat, this desire to use food to check out on your life, you've created that app in your lower brain. You can also use your prefrontal cortex to change that app, to delete that app, to regulate that app. Whatever you want to do, you are the master programmer. Just because you've practiced it and you're so good at it doesn't mean you have to keep doing it even when it feels intense. And I'll tell you, one of the reasons it feels so intense is that we get a little reward every time we give in to that desire. Okay? Our brain secretes dopamine as a reward. It's a way that our brain kept us alive back in caveman days. We need those instincts to keep ourselves alive. So as cavemen, if we would go out and find a little bit of food and maybe we found a bush with some berries on it and we ate a few of the berries, we would get this little hit of dopamine that said, that's a good thing to do. Feels good to go out and find food and eat it. And we would, so we would keep doing that. We would develop that urge to go hunt down some food and eat it. And we would get that little bit of dopamine as a reward. It was the way the brain was keeping us alive. If we had no desire to go out and find food to feed ourselves, we would have died out thousands of years ago. We would have never become the human race. It's the same for um, procreating to keep the species going. It's why we have the urge to have sex. And when we have sex, we get a little hit of dopamine. What has happened in our society with so many things is that the stimulus has become really concentrated and we get huge hits of dopamine, whether it's a drug, whether it's alcohol and with food. When you eat a candy bar, that's not something that we were going to find in nature as a caveman. A candy bar is concentrated. There's a lot of sugar in a candy bar, maybe a lot of fat, a lot of protein, could be if there's a bunch of peanuts in there, if you've got a Snickers bar in your hand. When you eat that, you don't get a little hit of dopamine. You get a big hit of dopamine. You get a big reward. Feels good to eat that candy bar. Big reward. Bang. How fast do you think that app gets created in your lower brain to tell you, go get that candy bar? feels great when we eat that candy bar and that urge is developed and there it is so it's really important that you know when you learn something 
And if there's a reward associated with it, it becomes even more intense as an involuntary desire. The first piece is we desire something because we've automatically done enough repetition with it that it becomes unconscious to do it. The second part of all this is what creates an emotion. And if you've been with me here in the podcast and learning from my work, you now know that all of our emotions, all of our feelings come from our thinking, right? We think a thought and that creates the emotion in our body, the feeling in our body when we think that thought. So what are the thoughts we're having that are creating this desire to overeat? One of the most powerful thoughts that many of us don't even acknowledge can be the trigger. It's probably the most dangerous thought around food, and it's how we're creating our desire. It's the thought, I want that. I just want that. Innocent little thought. But even just that little thought perpetuates the feeling of desire. If you've already created that little desire app for a candy bar and you see a Snickers bar in the store, you're going to have supporting thoughts for that desire trigger that starts to come up in you. And probably that first supporting thought is, I want that. This is going to create even more desire. And now we've programmed it into our brain and repeated it so many times that it's increasing the desire. The prefrontal cortex, the part of that brain that makes us human, it can think about what we're thinking about. It can think about the future in relation to the past. We like to use our lower brain because the lower brain is really efficient. That's where the apps run to take some of the stress and effort off of the prefrontal cortex. But what happens is once we've relegated it to the lower brain as an app and then it kicks out that little bit of desire and then the prefrontal cortex can begin thinking more thoughts that support that desire. It makes the desire more intense every time you repeat the programming. We're constantly thinking those thoughts and then eating and then thinking more thoughts and then eating. And we've created this programmed repeatable thought process. And on top of it, we've associated a huge brain reward with it. The dopamine, that's what makes it so intense that flood of dopamine in your brain. So no wonder when we get that urge to overeat, that overwhelming desire to snack on something or to keep eating at dinner way past plus two because it tastes so good, that's why it feels so strong and out of control. It doesn't mean something is wrong with your brain. It's just the opposite. Your brain is doing an excellent job. We are master programmers. And your brain is doing exactly what it's supposed to do to keep you alive. That lower brain is running your little apps that you've set up, built, and put down in there. 
Now, this is proven on a scientific level. Um, if you've done any studying at all into psychological responses, then you've learned about Pavlov's dogs. Pavlov was studying the digestive process in dogs, trying to learn more about the digestive process. And I've heard this relayed a couple different ways. <laughs> I don't know what the truth of the story is at this point, but I will tell you what I've heard. I mean, I learned in high school about Pavlov's dogs, and that's where they started ringing the bell before they would feed the dogs. And pretty soon the dogs would start salivating as soon as they heard the bell before the food even came. But the story is, I know he initially started studying the digestive process. Now, one story says it's the click. it was the clicking of the mechanism that would automatically release more protein powder for them. I don't know that that experiment at the time of Pavlov was that sophisticated. More likely, and I've heard it explained this way, that the assistants in the lab, whenever they would come in to bring food to the dogs, they had wooden clogs on, clogged shoes. And Pavlov noticed that as soon as the dogs heard the assistants coming down the hall, the, the sound of the clogs, they would start salivating and all the digestive juices in their stomach would start flowing before the food was even in the room. And he was surprised. He had stumbled on, um, he was studying the biology of their digestive system, but he stumbled on this, psych this psychological fact, this psychological programming that was going on with the dogs. He wanted to see if he could teach that faster. So with dogs, he got the bell. I think someone said a tuning fork. I don't know if it was a tuning fork or an actual bell. The original story was always the bell. He would ring the bell and then the food would be brought to the dogs. So pretty soon and actually pretty quick order, he could ring that bell and they would all start drooling immediately, well before the food showed up. And it was the sound of the bell that triggered the drooling, not the actual food. Okay, that's the Pavlovian response. The dogs had been trained to have that app in their brain that said, bell rings, salivate, food's coming. And that's exactly how we set up the app in our brain that creates that overwhelming desire to eat something that we had not planned on eating, to overeat. The good news is if we create that Pavlovian response in ourselves that we now have this little app installed in our brain that says desire in all capital letters, for food, we can undo it. We can unlearn that reward. It's just as if Pavlov began ringing the bell and not feeding the dogs. And eventually, if that happened enough times that the bell rang and food didn't appear, the dogs would begin to stop responding to the bell quite the same way. It would start to down-regulate their Pavlovian response. In the same way, 
we can start to down-regulate the desire response that we get for food, that uncontrollable urge to eat when we don't even want to eat. We think we want to eat. We have all these thoughts that support the urge when it comes. We think, oh, I deserve that. Well, first we think I want that. Yeah, I want that. I deserve that. It's been a long day. I'm really stressed. What does it matter anyway? I've already overeaten today. What does it matter if I eat that? I'm going to enjoy this food. All those thoughts start piling on top of that urge to justify it. All this means is you've taught your brain that the substances are super important and your brain wants to remind you that it's learned that you need to do it for survival. That's why the urge to overeat can feel so out of control and scary because the brain will tell you you're going to die. That's how it was set up. Caveman days. Go out and find some berries to eat or you will die. Now we've taken that a step further and our brain now tells us, go get a Snickers bar to eat or you will die. My mother has this great story that she used to tell about when I was about three years old and she was in the kitchen and she had dinner on the stove. She had also been baking cookies for some event coming up. And I climbed up on the chair on the other side of the counter and I said, can I have a cookie? And she said, no, dinner's almost ready. I don't want you to spoil your appetite. And I, at the age of three years old, leaned over the counter and said, I knew a little girl once who asked her mother for a cookie. And my mother said, oh, busy doing what she's doing, not really paying attention. And I said, yes. And her mother told her no. And you know what happened? And my mother said, oh, what happened, Joe? And I said, she died. <laughs> she died. My mother laughed and I think even handed me a cookie at that point and said, get out of here. But that's exactly what goes on in our lower brain. That's exactly what we tell ourselves when we are out at dinner and we think, oh, we really shouldn't have dessert, but God, that cheesecake looks so good. And probably if I don't have some, I'm going to die. That's what the subconscious brain is playing for you. It's not involuntary. You've taught this app to your brain, so you can unteach it. If you don't keep honoring the desire, you don't complete that loop. There'll be some level of suffering. You might feel a little deprivation and probably you don't want to experience that. But if you begin to break the cycle of that app playing, you can start to reverse the power that it has. You're going to uncreate it. The way you do that is you allow yourself to feel the desire, the urge, without resisting it. That is something that I'm going to dive into deeply in the mastermind. 
Because if you are trying to resist the urge, you know that resisting it will make it stronger. Really, we learn to become the observer. I've talked about this before. If you begin to feel the overwhelming desire to eat something you had not planned, you need to become the observer. Get up in your prefrontal cortex. Start saying, oh, I'm feeling that urge. What am I thinking about? What are the thoughts I'm having about that? You know, you can learn to watch yourself think. Almost like you are somebody else standing beside you watching the thoughts go through your brain. And it's a powerful tool to do that. It's powerful information for you. I even write down my thoughts. I teach my clients to do thought downloads. And I warn them, you may not like all the thoughts you see pour out onto the paper when you start doing that. Some of them may seem ridiculous even. Don't feel like you should filter them or you should only write down the thoughts you think you should have. Write down what's popping into your head. You'll look at that list say, well, no wonder I think I want to eat it. No wonder I've built this little program, this app in my lower brain called Desire. There are techniques that I can teach you that will absolutely help you unlearn what is feels like that out of control, irrational desire to overeat. You don't have to white knuckle it. You should not white knuckle it because that's resistance. You have to let yourself feel the desire, feel the urge to eat. Start to pay attention to what it is you're thinking and understand that you can feel the desire and you will not die. You will not die. You don't have to give in to it. You can just allow the desire to be there. If you do that enough, successful enough of the time, eventually you start to turn down that app that's playing in the background. That's part of how dieting allows us to lose weight, except that we're resisting, we're white knuckling it. And resisting that urge is going to make it come back stronger and stronger. We can diet down initially. You know, at the beginning of a diet, a diet plan, we feel like superhuman. We are on it. And we think to ourselves, why haven't I always been eating this way? This is so easy. This diet plan is so great. Because we are just planning ahead. We're all in our prefrontal cortex. We've interrupted the app because now we have to think about what's allowed on the plan. How much am I allowed to eat? You're all up in your prefrontal cortex, which is great. But what happens when you get four weeks in, six weeks in, and all of a sudden you're just totally backsliding and find yourself out of control again? What happens there? It's like, wow, I lost all my motivation. I just can't seem to get myself back on track. Well, because you can only resist the desire for so long. Willpower is not an unlimited resource that we have. We only have so much willpower. And when willpower runs out, bang, you are out of willpower. And that little app starts playing in your brain again. Maybe on your diet plan, you start giving into the little app just in little ways, okay? You don't run out and buy a carton of ice cream and eat half the carton. 
when the app starts playing. But you think, you know, I'll have one more little extra diet dessert tonight just because, just because I want that. I deserve that. It's been a stressful day. And you start fudging on your diet a little bit. What you're doing is you're letting the app play and you're creating the dopamine reward. And now the app is going to start playing harder and harder and harder. And next thing you know, you've totally off your diet. You're telling yourself, well, what does it matter now? Which is a real dangerous thing to tell yourself. That's where you get sidetracked. Instead of going in the back door that way and letting the app take over ourselves, we're going to come in the front door. We're going to start allowing ourselves to feel that desire and learn how to be able to feel it without reacting to it and getting really curious about ourselves. Get really fascinated. Start trying to look at your thoughts. What am I thinking? Let yourself feel it. Don't fight it. It's there. You're feeling this overwhelming urge to go eat. And ask yourself, why? What am I thinking? What are my thoughts? What are the thoughts going on that's feeding into this? And as you begin to take a look at that, you start to get a better understanding of it. And as you stop responding to that urge, it gets weaker and weaker. I often compare this to when I quit smoking. Because the first time I tried to quit smoking, it was horrible. It was like I was trying to kick some horrendous heroin addiction. It was hard. I was doing um, nicotine gum to try to wean myself away from it, which should have, you know, I should have known better, but I hadn't studied a lot of this stuff at the time. And I didn't understand that chewing nicotine gum was actually prolonging the agony. Um, I was not re unwriting the program that made me want to smoke. I was still feeding the program just instead of lighting a cigarette, I was chewing nicotine gum, which made it a real drawn out long process. I did succeed in quitting at that time and quit for some years until I moved to New York City. Long story about that, but I think I was in New York City for about a day and I said, give me a cigarette. California girl transplanted to Mars, I'm telling you. I started smoking again. When I quit the second time, it was a very different process because I realized that as long as I continued to smoke, I continued to be in a constant state of withdrawal. As soon as I put out my cigarette, the nicotine levels would start dropping in my bloodstream because I wasn't actively smoking. And what would make me want to pick up Another cigarette and light it up eventually would be the nicotine levels would fall below a certain level that the withdrawal from the tobacco was becoming uncomfortable. And my immediate reaction was to find my pack of cigarettes and light up. Because who wants to be uncomfortable? And I would enjoy that cigarette. Nice, yeah. Put it out. As soon as I put it out, I was going through withdrawal again. I had gotten to a place where I didn't even like smoking anymore. It was messy, made my house smell bad. I knew I was smoking too much. It was out of control. I was having to stop and light up cigarettes all the time. And when it occurred to me 
that I was keeping myself in a constant state of withdrawal that I said, oh, screw this. <laughs> I'm not doing this anymore. I am not giving that to the tobacco companies anymore. They're keeping me in this addicted state. And I'm constantly, all day long, experiencing withdrawal. I put out my last cigarette, said, that's it, I'm done. Withdrawal and quitting might be uncomfortable, but I'm just going to do it once. And I'm not going to be living my whole life in a state of withdrawal. And when I did that, I made that decision. I call it a quantum decision because I really dropped the hammer on that one. I said, I'm done. I am done. And you know what? It was not hard to quit at all. Yeah, I had three days that I was feeling those little withdrawal pangs, suck on a little lemon drop now and then. But it was it was the easiest thing I ever gave up at that point. And I never went back to smoking again because I understood the mechanism. You're experiencing pretty close to that same mechanism with overeating. And every time we give in to that overwhelming urge to eat when we don't intellectually want to eat we think we want to eat because we're having that urge for the snickers bar but intellectually we know gosh i would really like to fit into that cute dress in my closet again but we're we're feeling out of control that urge is there it's like going through a constant state of withdrawal when you're dieting then it's really a constant state of withdrawal because you're trying to push that urge back. You're fighting against it. You're resisting. You're white-knuckling it. But you end up giving into it again, which makes that desire, that urge even stronger because the program went, whoa, we did it. And we got that big hit of dopamine again. And yeah, we're good. We're programmed. So learn to be able to feel the desire and not give into it. Allow the feeling to be there. No, you're not going to die. You don't have to fight against it. And eventually it weakens. If you want to learn more and you want to get into depth with all of this and pull all these tools together with me, with a group of people in the Weight Loss Mastermind so that you have support with each other as well as support from me, I will teach you how to deal with this. I will get you to the point where we are turning down that app in your lower brain. Come to the Weight Loss Mastermind. Go to joannephilomena.com. That will take you to the registration page for the Mastermind. I have a video on there to tell you a little bit more about the Mastermind. And you can register and sign up. Right now, it's still $50 off of the normal registration price. That registration fee is for the four initial videos the first month. After that, there is a monthly fee that is less than paying for Weight Watchers month to month that will keep your membership in the mastermind for the ongoing videos. These additional videos I'm setting up about desire is my first topic that I want to add in there. The twice monthly conference calls, and all the support groups. You can cancel at any time. That's fine too. So go to joannephilomena.com, J-O-A-N-N. My last name is Philomena, F like Frank, I-L-O, M like Mary, E, 
N like Nancy, A, joannephilomena.com. I would love to see you in the mastermind. For this week, try sitting with desire and watching your thoughts come through and write them down. See what you can discover about yourself. Thank you for listening. I look forward to talking to you again next week.